sqpn.com presents The Secrets of Angels and Demons. I need access to the Vatican archives. Professor, I don't think this is the appropriate moment. Your petition has been denied seven times. No, no, this, this, this has nothing to do with my work. The path of illumination is a hidden trail through Rome itself that leads to the Church of the Illumination, the place where the Illuminati would meet in secret. If I can find the senyo, the sign that marks the beginning of that path, the four churches along it may be where he intends to murder your cardinals. One every hour at eight, nine, 10, and 11, then the device explodes at midnight. But if we can figure out the first church and get there before he does, maybe we can stop. But I can't find the start of the path until I get into the archives. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Angels and Demons. I am Father Roderick and I'm here in the Vatican. I'm actually still on St. Peter's Square. That is, I am walking underneath these big, uh, the, the, underneath the ceiling of the, the big right arm of the colonnades, the, the Largo dei Colonati. That is how this, uh, this part is called. Largo del Colonato, I should say. And, um, and I'm trying to shield myself a little bit from the blazing hot sun outside on St. Peter's Square by walking in the shadow here. Lots of tourists are uh, sitting here as well, uh, just you know, looking at St. Peter's Square or texting via their cell phones or eating a sandwich or drinking some water. It's a hot day, but here in the shadow is actually very nice. But I'm leaving uh, the shadow of these uh, columns of this, this right arm of the colonnades to, uh, to walk underneath the, uh, the Porta Angelica, the uh, gate of Angelica, and um, I'm entering the via uh, of the uh, Porta Angelica. So I'm on the right-hand side of the Vatican. On my left is one of the buildings painted in this almost pink rose kind of color like many of the buildings here on the right hand side is uh, I think uh, the building that used to have the former apartment of um, of Cardinal Ratzinger while he was still working as a prefect of the congregation um, of, uh, of the doctrine and I'm walking towards an entrance here in uh, the city wall and this is one of the gates that leads into the Vatican. There's a small chapel on the right-hand side of the entrance gate. The gate itself has um, uh, two pairs of columns. On top of each uh, pair of columns is, a, is an eagle, statue, a mar marble statue of an eagle. And uh, lots of Swiss guards are, um, are standing right here in blue costumes. You might have seen that the Swiss guards have actually two types of costumes, uh, at least when you see them in, uh, you know, out, out in the open. They have these multicolored, uh, beautiful, you know, orange, red, blue costumes with the, um, the hat with the feather and everything. Um, and they also have, those are the ceremonial costumes, uh, but you also have a more day-to-day -day costume, which is uh, dark navy blue with a white collar and a black hat and uh, the guards, the Swiss guards that are standing here in front of the gate, this entrance on the Via di Porta Angelica uh, are all dressed in blue. Now they, um, they monitor uh, the cars that 
enter and uh, leave the Vatican. Um, and this is also, of course, the part of the, the frontier, because as you know, the Vatican, Vatican City, is not part of Italy. It is an independent state. And, um, and so uh, whenever you cross this, uh, this entrance, you actually, you know, you, you step into another country, basically, another state. And so uh, there are now four guards stationed here. And of course, uh, no one can enter the Vatican without permission. Uh, and if you want to go there, you also have to always have to explain why you need to be in there. It's, it's not as hard to get in there as it might seem. Uh, for instance, if you want to buy photographs um, of, of events, say for instance that you've been at a general audience and you have to be standing um, near the fence and the Pope would shake your hand, then there's always a photographer who takes pictures. And um, uh, I think the next day, the following day and the days uh, after that, you can always go to the office of this photographer or this photography service and buy those photos for your friends and family. And, um, and, and, and that is uh, in itself already a, a valid reason um, to, uh, to, to, be able, to be able to enter Vatican City. And so you, you'd have to say to the Vatican guards here, the Swiss guards, well, I'm, I'm going in to get my photographs. However, that is not to say that you can just walk in and, and, and you know, uh, stroll <laughs> until you bump into the Pope. That's not how it works. Uh, there are several rings of security within uh, the Vatican. Um, after this, the, these first uh, four Swiss guards, uh, you know, once you get deeper into the Vatican, there is a second guard uh, in an office or se several guards. And those are not Swiss guards. Those are part of the overall Vatican security. And that is something that Dan Brown um, uh, explains in the book and in the movie um, actually Vatican security is not just the Swiss guards there, there, there are different layers of security and different responsibilities and so the Swiss guards are uh, mainly charged with uh, the protection of the Pope and, and his uh, quarters uh, whereas you know there is also an overall security guard and, and that is much more like regular police and of course there's also an investigative force you know everything that a country needs in terms of maintaining order and combating crimes it's all it's all here in a, almost a miniaturized version and so if you would uh, try to get to the secret archives because that is what we're going to talk about today then you would have to pass several other security guards and posts and um, there is no way that you can enter there with just the story of well I'm looking for that one picture that was taken yesterday where you know the Pope shook my hand <laughs> that's not gonna work you would have to have official documents that show that you are allowed to go there that you have a certain specific mission um, and usually they will also call the person uh, who gave you those documents or who signed or authorized uh, the access uh, just to verify that uh, you're legit. Now when, when you walk in there, I, I won't be able to do that right now because unfortunately I didn't have my picture taken with the Pope yesterday. <laughs> you, will, uh, you will see lots and lots of people walking around in the Vatican. Uh, priests who work in the offices that are here on this, this uh, eastern side of uh, the city or actually I think this is the northern side I'm always I, I always get a little bit confused with the orientations when I'm when I'm here in Rome but let's say on the right side of St. Peter's Basilica uh, you've got a lot of offices all these different um, layers uh, you know of, of the Vatican the, the different groups that focus on specific things like you know internal affairs or you know the um, liturgical theological things they all have their own offices and, and, and of course the staff 
And so you see a lot of traffic of priests, religious people and lay people walking in and out of those offices and or, or just uh, taking a stroll. You also have uh, almost like a small neighborhood behind this, this wall. Uh, there's even a supermarket, there's a post office, um, just anything you, you, you come to expect of a, of a small country. It, it's got to be there. These people have to eat also. They, they have to have lunch as well. And so, you know, it's, it's not strange to have a supermarket. And no, they don't sell holy water in the supermarket. It's just a regular supermarket. The prices are a little bit lower though, uh, because of course, um, the, 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 they don't have to follow the tax rules of, uh, of Italy. And so for a long time, um, it was a uh, not well-kept secret that if you needed a new photo camera, uh, you'd better be friends with a bishop or something like that, because he could uh, go and shop for, uh, for less money in the Vatican than uh, elsewhere in, in Italy. So if you want to go to those secret archives, you'd have to pass uh, a number of these security guards. And, um, and actually, you would, you would uh, at one point enter a big square, which serves also as a, as a big parking space. So lots and lots of cars there. Uh, also on the side of where you enter the square, you have the, uh, the fire brigade of the Vatican. The Vatican has its own fire brigade with the big red trucks. Just in case of an emergency, of course, that's much more efficient than having to wait for Italian firemen uh, because they will undoubtedly get stuck in traffic. And so, you know, the Vatican being its own state has also its own fire brigade. But on the right side of that square uh, is um, the location of the archives of the Vatican. Now, I, I've, I've got to correct Dan Brown here on a number of things. He presents these secret archives as this enormous, gigantic, underground, super high-tech, James Bond kind of vault. Um, like this, this big, almost airplane hangar underground with sealed off glass units that are, you know, can be uh, made vacuum, uh, climate control and everything. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but it doesn't look at all like that. Yes, it is big. It is very big, but let me say, first of all, that the secret archives are not the only archives. There are actually three entities um, in, in the Vatican. Uh, first of all, we've got the Vatican Library. Vatican Library has a huge collection of manuscripts, of books. And so not every document, not every book is kept in the secret archives. A lot of it is just moved to the Vatican Library and uh, can be researched and and is also actively researched, uh, not just by people working in the Vatican, but also by lots of uh, scholars from all over the world. Then, next, uh, in addition to the Vatican Library, you have the Vatican Archives. And those are just regular archives. Uh, again, it's big, it's huge, because of course the church has uh, documents that go all the, all the way back to uh, antiquity. And of course, uh, the, the more recent uh, times, the more information there is, the more paperwork there is. And in addition to the Vatican archives, you have the so-called secret archives. Now, secret archives, that sounds suspicious, don't you think? Yeah, why secret? Does the Vatican have anything to hide? Who has access? Only the Pope and a few into me? Well, that is kind of what Dan Brown tries to make you believe. And he uses or misuses the name secret archives to conjure up that image of this. Oh, this is this is super uh, well preserved, you know, a completely 
uh, out of reach of, of, of the general public. It's this, this, this secret collection of all sorts of um, embarrassing documents that might invalidate things that the church has said for ages. And uh, it's basically all the stuff that the church never wants you to know. Well, again, hate to disappoint you, but that is not at all the status of the secret archives. Actually, the, the word secret is, is perhaps not the best word for it. Um, you should see the word secret here more as in private archives. So these are the private archives of the popes of the Vatican. And a lot of the documents, uh, and this goes back you know, to centuries and centuries and centuries, um, the, usually when documents were gathered or books were acquired, um, people would decide whether they would go into the library or into the general archives or in the secret archives. And a lot of the stuff that ended up in the secret archives was not stuff that the church didn't want you to know or, or, um, or that they want to hide from scholars and, and students and, and professors, but it is mostly uh, documents that pertain to persons and to, per and to people that are still alive. So these private archives, let's say for instance, um, the, all the writings of, of uh, Pope John Paul II uh, or the diaries of certain you know, people in the hierarchy um, in, in, of recent times, you don't want to put them out in the public. No, no archive would do that. That is, you know, uh, that's personal information and a lot of the people that are mentioned in those documents or that uh, are somehow um, uh, part of that information, they might still be alive and so this information has to be kept confidential, at least for a certain time. And that is why um, uh, this secret archive is only opened up gradually over time, but it, it can take a century for those documents to become available to, uh, to general research. And sometimes the church makes uh, 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 just it doesn't follow that rule or makes an exemption. Um, for instance, there's been this, and there still is, this, uh, this controversy about the role of the Vatican and Pope Pius XII during the Second World War. And some people want you to believe that Pope Pius XII was actually collaborating with the Nazis and, you know, is, is, uh, is to blame for the death of, 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 I don't know how, how many people. And the Vatican um, is, is <laughs> it has always said that this is a myth. Uh, this is absolutely not true, then uh, people would say, well, well, hey, well, why don't you show us the archives? Why don't you let us study the material from that era? Well, a lot of that material is still in the secret archives, in the private archives, because, you know, people and the events that are mentioned, it's just not, uh, it's just too recent. And so, um, and, and not to mention, there's another problem. And this, you know, if you know people that work in, in, let's say in libraries or that, that have to do with uh, arch archival um, procedures, they would, they would be able to confirm that. It just takes a long, long time to make uh, documents uh, available for research. They need to be categorized, they need to be, of course, preserved. Um, but you also want to avoid that some student just hops in and starts messing around with documents and puts them back in the wrong order. And so we're, we're just also talking about a logistics problem. And so the, the Vatican at one point has said, well, since these, these, this, 
mythology surrounding the role of, of uh, uh, Pi XII just doesn't die. Uh, we need to do something, and so they put uh, a lot of their expertise on, you know, accelerating this process of opening up the archives. But it's a huge undertaking. Undertaking. I have to know some people that are involved in that, and they say, you know. <laughs> From the outside, it's so easy to say, "Well, just open the doors, just let us research that." But as our, you know, as historians uh, charged with this, this huge responsibility for the historical heritage of the church, we we can't just do that. We we've got to be very meticulous, very precise, uh, and and we're just being responsible. We're not withholding any withholding any information for the sake of you know covering up stuff. But again, that is what. Uh, conspiracy theorists and in this case also Dan Brown wants you to believe that the Vatican uses the secret archive as this big mega vault underground just to hide everything from you know <laughs> the landing of UFOs on St. Peter's Square to who knows what else um, but that is very far from the truth actually also um, another thing that uh, uh, that you see in the movie and in the book is that Langdon complains that he never got access and uh, he blames it on him not being Catholic or you know having had uh, some troubles with the Vatican in previous years and so they've rejected his uh, application to be able to study those documents in the secret archives uh, 12 times I think and so uh, once he needs to be in the secret archives to, to try and find clues in the writings of Galileo um, to, uh, to, to figure out where these um, cardinals that have been abducted will be executed and, and, and also to try to prevent that from happening, um, he needs to get access there. However, um, I don't know what his trouble was, uh, but it was certainly not the fact that he wasn't a Catholic. Um, the, actually, the secret archives are very accessible to scholars and uh, there is a very clear open procedure um, and a lot of the information about that and also information from the secret archives is, is widely available on the internet. The Vatican has opened a couple of years ago a special website, beautiful website by the way, very interesting, um, with a lot of material from the secret archives and so instead of being this kind of murky, unclear, um, you know, you have to know friends in order to get in, and if you're not Catholic, you're not allowed, etc., etc. Instead of that, it's actually a very, very transparent organization and very clear how to get access, what, what the requirements are, how to make your application. So, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that Langdon just didn't do his homework. So, uh, and I know this from several students uh, that, I, that I personally know, some friends that have worked extensively in the secret archives, and, uh, and that say, you know, they're... It is, it's just so far from the truth, the way it is presented. It's not this high-tech, closed vault. It, it is very open. Now, also about the way that the, the secret libraries are, uh, or the secret archives are displayed in a movie, I told you before that that is uh, much more of a James Bond type of visualization than, than, than anywhere near to the, the real secret archives or how it looks. So you don't have those sealed-off glass entities. It is huge. It is tremendously huge. Um, a lot of the documents um, uh, go back to uh, the, the ancient times, but most of the archive is from more recent times. Um, the archive has not always been here in, uh, in Rome. There have been moments in history where uh, the collection was moved elsewhere. I think uh, a part of it went to France and then the Pope asked uh, to have the documents back after a while and then he only recovered 
parts of, of uh, the archive. So a lot of the material is also just lost and, and has disappeared. Uh, you know, that's kind of stuff. It's, of course, any archive, it's all fragile because it's all, it's all paper. It's, um, but, um, so it is definitely very big but it's, it's, it's not this high-tech vault. And um, I think I already told you that in the movie, you see that uh, in between the, the big racks of books, you, you also see historical artifacts and um, you know the, the previous cars of the Pope on display there. Well, as far as I know, that is not part of the secret archives. You, you will find that in the Vatican museums, actually, in a, in a special room uh, open to the public. And so, um, the, uh, also one of the plot points in the movie is that uh, Langdon gets, gets stuck, gets trapped inside the library with uh, one of the uh, uh, supervisors who has to accompany him. By, by the way, that is, uh, I think, uh, correct, that whenever you go and do some research, it's not that you can just walk in the, the archives and start browsing, and that's not how it works. You have to know exactly what you want, and if you want to read something, you have to fill in an application and then the personnel will go and get it. And so it's not that you can just walk around. A lot of the books, and especially the more precious uh, books and manuscripts, are kept in um, what looks more like, uh, like a bank. Uh, so you've got all these closed containers um, uh, and, and there's just this big wall of, of uh, closed compartments and, and, and the people that work inside the archives will go and fetch whatever you want to study. Um, a lot of the material that uh, Langdon uses to, uh, to, to actually you know, pick up the, the paper and turn the pages, you know, the gloves and the, the, uh, the, the little, well, the, the, the equipment that he uses, that, that is quite, uh, that's quite reliable. Um, although, of course, ripping out a piece of paper and then tucking it in your, <laughs> in your coat, that's probably not going to work in reality. Um, so, uh, so students say, well, actually, it, it, is, it is big, but it's very different from what you see in a movie. Plus, this whole super-duper climate control, it ain't there. I think it's only very recent that they got something that looks like air conditioning. And in the past, you know, it was just a very warm, sweaty environment. And uh, since they had these very strict dress codes, you know, as a student, you, could, you couldn't just walk in with your shorts or your Bermuda shirt. Uh, you'd have to, you know, wear you know regular proper clothes, and of course, uh, women also had to cover their uh, shoulders and everything. And you can't walk around in a, a mini skirt, and so uh, it, that would that would usually be extremely hot when you were uh, studying there I I inside those libraries. So this whole climate control thing and vacuum rooms, that is that is imagination. That is not fact. So. Um, that's about uh, what I wanted to say about the secret archives, at least about the building and uh, the access and why it's called secret. So again, it's not secret because the church wants to cover up anything or hide anything. It is because of the private nature and the personal nature of a lot of these documents. And, and over time, uh, a lot of that will be disclosed, but it just takes a lot of work. Um, and, uh, but it, it, it's carried out by a, a lot of uh, experts in the field of... Uh, uh, archival, how do you say that, procedure and, you know, just historians that work there. So uh, it's actually a very advanced uh, um, archive and, and very comparable to other similar archives uh, that we have in, in, in our countries.
that's the end of this episode of The Secrets of Angels and Demons. Join me next time when we will discuss the fact and fiction of the lost writings of Galileo, the truth about Copernicus, and the historical background of the relation between science and religion. You can find previous episodes of this series on www.sqpn.com. And if you like this show, I would highly appreciate it if you could leave a review or rate the show on iTunes. See you next time. I'm Father Roderick. Take care and God bless. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.